in Chelsea, Massachusetts. We are a small but mighty city. I've been in politics since I was 21. But way before that, I was also involved in local politics. Uh, my aunt is Gladys Vega, so she has paved the way for civic engagement. And I'm here to be a voice for the young people that want to get involved and perhaps don't know how to navigate that. And so I'm more than happy to be a support system for individuals like myself who cared about our school system. And so I ran for office at 21. I became the youngest school committee member. And now eight years later, I am the chairwoman. And I'm also running for city councilor at large in Chelsea. How was your upbringing in Chelsea? Can you speak a little bit, bring us back to growing up in Chelsea with your family, your background, everything that you experienced? Yeah, so rewind. Let's rewind. Let's bring Um, it back. I grew up uh, in a big Puerto Rican household, right? So I'm one of five children. I have two older sisters. Shout out to my sisters. And then twin brothers. Shout out to them too because they get jealous. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, my dad is a mechanic at Atlantic Toyota and my mom uh, growing up worked at a factory. Okay. And then when grandma passed away, um, she needed to work from home, right? We had, we were five kids. Yeah. um, And uh, we were constantly, you know, not in trouble, but, you know, we either mom had to go to um, parent teacher conference nights and or if we were sick, she had to stay home. And so caring for her five children alone became challenging. And so she opened up a family daycare Okay. Uh, for 12 years. And then I taught them at, in the high school. Okay. And so I went from changing diapers to teaching lessons to my mom's children uh, at the daycare. How was that experience having, obviously, you're a big family, right? Five, five siblings. Yeah. And then your mom partaking in bringing all these kids into your your house. They become family. You know, it's someone that, that you grow up with. And like you said, a full circle. Now you're teaching those kids. Um, can you tell me a little about that? How does that feel? How was that experience for you? Yeah. Beautiful. It's the most rewarding feeling um, to see to see the impact of what love can bring to yeah. a community, to see what investing in local businesses can do to a community, right? My mom, you know, started her own business independently um, and paved the way to my sister, right? Or for us, right? My sister yeah. now has a coffee shop. You will learn about her. She'll be coming soon uh, for her own interview. But, you know, it it's really a full circle. Um, and it is, teaching is not a nine to five job. Correct. It's a lifestyle. And, uh, and we need more people like me, like you, to be in the classrooms, we need to provide mirrors for our students. They, our students, our students of color in particular, yeah. need to see themselves in leadership positions in, in the schools and locally, right? And so that is my mission is to run, continue to run for office. That way I have a say in the policies that are being made that directly impact our students of color. They need people like us in elected official seats so that there's a voice that will advocate for them. And so I'll tell you a quick story. I had a student who was getting evicted. And 
the family could not find any support. And so I, with my teacher hat, my school committee hat, uh, I went to the city hall and I said, you know, how can we support this family? By them seeing my face on the school committee, it allowed them to have trust in what for many years was a very intimidating office, right? You think city oh, yeah. hall or, or politicians, you think of politician. Growing up, I thought like, oh, an old white man. It doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, it shouldn't. Yeah. Elected, the elected body in the cities should reflect the community, the community right? Yes. And, and so investing in the community, investing in your people, um, and, and pushing the young, the young minds to know that they can sit in those seats if given the love, the support, the courage, and, and someone to say, you can do it because look at me, I did it. Right. It's providing live examples of the opportunities that they can have. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's, It's so true. I remember, you know, me buying my first suit and going to apply for jobs and my peers like, what, you have to go to court or something. It's just like, no, like I'm trying to, you know, get a job, do the things that, you know, I envision, like I want to get a, an office job or this and that. And it's just that stigma that, you know, as Latinos is like, like you said, going into uh, a city hall is like, it's like intimidating, you know, mm-hmm. because um, either language barrier or not having representation mm-hmm. or someone that, you know, you feel comfortable when you're approaching those, those fields. What, um, what advice would you give to someone that is looking to get into politics or into any community help? like you have done for yourself? That's a great question. Um, I would say dig deep in yourself. Go on like a self-reflecting journey and ask yourself, why, why do I want to run for office? Once you find your reason, reach out. Reach out to current members that look like you, that you can ask. Shadow me. I'm more than happy to provide that um, that resource or uh, experience. Um, uh, it depends. It depends on the age, but oh. Let's say someone that's getting out of out of school, mm-hmm. and they don't have a clear path of where the direction is going. What yeah. what other oh. guidance would you give someone that's mm-hmm. just graduating high school? The advice I would give to a recent graduate, whether it be a high school graduate or college graduate, is if you notice injustice in your community, do something about it. Whether it be run for office, whether it be speak up during meetings and visit the school committee meetings or city council meetings and testify Share your experience, share what you're seeing and fight for that because you, you are, you can be the voice for the voiceless. Okay. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, Ken, we're going to talk about an experience you had in your life where you face adversity. Um, what did you do to get your, out of that situation? And uh, what advice would you give someone that is facing that as well? Go to college. When I got to College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, it's a predominantly white institution, so a PWI. And boy, was that a white college. (laughs) You know, I, in many of the classes, I was the only student of color. 
And so when I, whenever I would speak, I was ashamed. I, I actually stopped volunteering or stopped participating in classes for two years. And that was not me. I was yeah. always raising my hand in, in high school. I went to a very diverse high school. That experience was not the same in college. Um, I was literally the only Latina in my hallway, okay. like in my dorm. And so often I would feel othered. I would feel like the dirty Latina or the, the Latina with a lot of attitude because I was super sassy. Granted, I still am. I'm a bit more, <laughs> I'm a bit more polished, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I let the sassiness come you out when she spice. needs to. Exactly. Right. Um, and it does come out on the school committee, um, when needed, right? When our students yeah. are not being prioritized, it comes out. When our students, um, need a stronger voice to, to uplift the issues that are happening, she comes out. Um, but in college, she didn't come out as much. Um, she was like my sassy, my authentic self was hidden because she wasn't accepted. And that was a harsh reality coming from Chelsea. I mean, you grew up in Chelsea, right? Or you lived in Chelsea Mm -hmm. for some time. And one can always say one can feel the love and the diversity in Chelsea. And that was not the same in college. And so, uh, I actually had professors being super cruel to me. Um, my, my room, not my roommates, but my neighbors in the, in the dorm were really rude to me as well. Um, and I didn't feel like I belonged at all. Um, and so I, I persevered. I knew that All I wanted to do, and something that this will turn into an advice as well, but I remember, I'm like, okay, Kelly, and I would talk to myself a lot. Your family needs to see you walk across that stage. Beautiful. That was the image that I had in my head. And I'm like, familia, pray for me. I'm going through so much. Like, it was just so hard. <laughs> you know, I didn't have money to go eat. Everyone was like, go partying outside or go shopping, go eating out in restaurants. I didn't have money for that. I was always eating in the dorm, in the cafeteria yeah. because I didn't have money. I didn't want to ask mommy because I knew she didn't have it. And so, you know, I, I kept that financial part very, like, to myself. Um, I didn't want anyone to know that side. Um, but at the end of the day, I, that's what grounded me. I'm like, I must graduate. I need to be the first in my family to graduate. Fast forward to senior year, I graduated and I walked across the stage. And when I looked into the audience, oh, I'm getting emotional. My dad had a huge Puerto Rican flag. So beautiful. And my whole family had maracas <laughs> and una parranda. Oh, my goodness. And it was the best. And, you know, I tell that story because um, that scene holds yeah. family, holds love, holds community, holds courage, determination, resilience. Sacrifice. And sacrifices. Yeah. My mom, you know, my dad gave up his 401k. For, for me to go to college. Yeah. I didn't know that until now. I'm 30 years old. Yeah. And he told me. You know, so my entire family worked there. I don't know if I can swear, but asses off 
for me to go to college. Yeah. And now it's my turn to give back to not only my family, but to my community. Exactly. Um, so that students like me, students like you, students like my nephew who's here joining us, uh, could see themselves walking across that stage. And it's not only about college, right? Success can look so differently for everyone. I agree. You can be a, an amazing electrician or carpenter, run your own business, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can be successful, but we do need a foundational schooling because schooling and education is the lever that will allow you to propel and to flourish in this world. And that is why I'm still at a school. I have one foot in the school as a special education administrator, and I hold the seat as a chairwoman of the Chelsea School Committee because our students deserve more. Our students deserve people that look like you and I Correct. as not only as supporting staff members, right? Like not, not only uh, positions such as which are needed, lunch staff, cross guards. No, we need people of color to hold positions of power such as principals, school administrators, superintendents. And so my push for the audience who is listening, if you have a calling and you want to make a difference in a community, a low-income community, that they need a lot of work. Our school systems need a lot of work. We are underfunded constantly. Yeah. And we need fighters. So if you have fight in you, join the cause, join the fight, run for office, testify, protest, organize families, you can contribute in many, many ways. That's and so, so beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, Kelly, anything while you were in that dorm and you were pushing through all that adversity, I know you mentioned the end goal of crossing that stage. Mm -hmm. Is there any mantra or anything that you would tell yourself to kind of propel yourself to keep moving forward? That's a good one. I love the quote, I can, I will. It's short. Four words, precise, I can, I will. And I remember printing that quote and putting it on my wall. Okay. And that I would constantly say that. I'm like, wait, dale que tu puede, dale que tu puede. And you know what? I would often find funny home videos to watch. Yeah. You remember America's Home Funnies videos? Oh, yeah. I would watch that on YouTube and I would just laugh and laugh and laugh. Because if you cry, then that's not really going to help. You know, so I had my sad days. I'm not going to front and say, no, I'm tough. I had my sad days for sure. Yeah. Especially the rainy days in the, in the freaking winter. <laughs> Dios mio. Oh, my God. Um, and I and, you know, I had a lot of negative friends, too. And that's something that at times folks don't realize how important it is to have a supportive circle. That's true. And even if your circle is small. Right. It's not about quantity. It's about quality of people in your life. I had, Mira, I went, I always wanted to study abroad and I knew that I had no money, but I had to figure something out. So I studied abroad junior year of college. The process starts sophomore year. Okay. Remember, I was the first person in my family to ever go to college. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? I don't even know where to start. So I asked around, I would look at flyers around the school and, and there was a study abroad info session. I'm like, okay, voy para allá. I went, I learned, gathered information, applied, 
And meanwhile, the my girls were like, Kelly, aren't you broke? Are you sure you can afford it? I'm like, listen, I'm going to figure it out. None in the none of them studied abroad. I was the only one. I went I lived in Argentina for six months. It's beautiful. All by myself. And I studied over there. And it was the best experience. It was you know, at times it was scary. I'm 410, <laughs> right? I'm 410, uh, taking the train by myself, uh, in a new foreign country, uh, miles and miles away from mommy. Um, but I tell that story because Sometimes, like I was, I think I was 17. I was, no, 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 I was 19. I was 19. And I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness. Wow. I can't believe this little girl from Chelsea, from the quote unquote hood. Yeah. Made it, you know? And, and I, sometimes I'm like, wow. You really don't know how resilient you are until you're put up, like you are facing, but no one would think would be possible. And that's beautiful. And I, I strongly agree with your message that be out of your, your group that you surround yourself with. And, you know, sometimes it, it could be family, sometimes close mm -hmm. friends that really yeah. limit your beliefs or your goals, you know. And I, I always love hearing things like that because those goals come to you. They're meant for you. They're not meant mm -hmm. for anyone else. So when it came to you that you wanted to start abroad, it wasn't a coincidence that you saw that bulletin board, you know? Mm -hmm. It was, you were attracting that into existence and accomplishing it, you know? So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, we're going to shift a little bit towards the community of Chelsea. What does that mean to you? Where do you see Chelsea going moving forward and with The, the the powerful Garcia's in the office. <laughs> Hopefully, right? 68 days. Dios mío. Um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea is my power. Chelsea is a small city, yet it's a special city. We are less than 2.0, 2.0 mile radius city. And yet we're leading... DEI efforts. We are the number one in DEI efforts across Massachusetts. I am so proud of our Chelsea public school system. Um, but that's the schooling. Aside from the schooling, we have so much to offer. We have amazing food from all over the world. It's a small melting pot. Yes. Um, and actually, next year, we will be celebrating 400 years of Chelsea's existence. <laughs> Um, so you have to come out and, and celebrate with us. We are going to do a parade. We're going to do events all around the city. Um, and you're going to learn so much about our powerful but small city. Um, on the flip side, unfortunately, we're getting a lot of love. And that means a lot of folks are moving in. Yes. And our families are being pushed out. You know, gentrification is a legit thing. Um, where many of the people I grew up with have left Chelsea because they can't afford it. And that's, that's the sad and harsh reality where many folks are now enjoying my beautiful city. Um, and many of our families are being displaced at the cost. And so it's, it's a bit, it's kind of like bittersweet, right? Because it's like, I see, more efforts into the 
you know, the arts and beautifying our city and these high rises and these luxury apartments, it's all grand, but at the cost of our families. Correct. Right? Like our families, our rents are so high. We have a housing crisis. Either they're being displaced and moved out to other cities, or we have a one bedroom with like 14 family members living there because they cannot afford it. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's part of, once again, a mission, like why I want to run for office city council, because there's a negative stigma or that there's this misconception rather that the school committee, the sole job of the school committee is to take care of our schools and our students. We can't do that alone. And we have been, you know, if our students are being kicked out and evicted, that that's the city, right? No, but that's our job. No, it's not. We need to collectively care about what's happening to our students. If Abuelita is sick and everyone gets sick and doesn't have the proper health care or the proper supports, that trickles down and impacts that student's classroom experience. And this is my nephew, Nathan, and he has a special message for my Chelsea voters. Vote for my mom, Tanera Garcia, District 4. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> Kelly, um, yes. anything you want to leave the episode with? Um, yes. Any advice or anything that you would like to end the episode with? For my young people, give back to the community. Care about where you live. Fight for injustices because they're happening. At night, during the day, it's happening. And we cannot stay silent because by the time you know it, people that look like us will be kicked out of our communities and we need to care. And so with that, I hope that I can count on your vote November 7th. I'm running for city councilor at large in Chelsea. Thank you.